Acts 28 and 1. We'll begin reading there. And when they were escaped, then they knew that the island was called Melita, also translated as Malta. And the barbarous people showed us no little kindness. Or other, in other words, the native people there showed us a lot of kindness. That's how the King James Version says it. For they kindled a fire and received us every one because of the present rain. Everyone say it's raining. And because of the cold. Everyone say it's cold. Have you ever been in a rainy place? Have you ever been in a cold place? And you found somebody that the Lord impressed to give you some kindness. I love that verse. And when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire. <clears throat> now this is not so good. There came a viper out of the heat and fastened on his hand. And when the barbarians saw the venomous beast hang on his hand, they said among themselves, no doubt this man is a murderer. Isn't that just like people? They have to give you a label if they don't understand what's going on in your life. Hello, somebody. Everybody wants to judge and put a label on everything. Whom, though he hath escaped the sea... Yet vengeance suffereth not to live, verse 5. And he shook off the beast into the fire. Sometimes the best response is just to shake off the beast into the fire of the Holy Ghost. Amen, somebody. And felt no harm. And felt no harm. Jesus, I ask you to help the word go forward. Lord God, help me to speak it in a way that can be received. And help it to be received in a way that it can seed our lives in Jesus name everyone said amen you may be seated in the house of the Lord I think this interesting story here starts back in the verse back in 27 and I want you to know that I want to talk to you for a little bit about what I believe is a powerful concept from this passage of scripture verse 27 you can read it on your as a homework assignment I'll send you some homework home um, but chapter 27 and then in verse 21 let me give you the background so you understand where I'm going because I want to preach to you for a little while about revelation lifestyle revelation lifestyle that'll be more to you I hope when I'm done verse 21 of chapter 27 here's the background for you but after long abstinence they hadn't eaten for a long time Paul stood up oh, first let's go back to verse 20 can you back up for me media to verse 20 that would be great. Thank you. And when neither sun nor stars in, in many days appeared, they had no light and no small temp tempest lay on us. In other words, it was a tremendous storm. All hope that we should be saved was then taken away. They had lost all hope. And so in this terrible situation where hope is lost, that's the last thing you want to lose. Amen, somebody? Is your hope. So they're in a hopeless situation. And so after they haven't had any food, but after long abstinence, because they threw everything overboard, they're trying to save the ship. Paul finally stands up who had told them, you shouldn't be going. You shouldn't go out because there's going to be a great harm come to you. But they didn't listen. They listened to the captain of the ship, which I suppose you probably would too. And they launched out and they ran into the storm. And Paul's in the middle of a situation. Have you ever been in a situation that you didn't choose? Hello, somebody. 
And so Paul is in the middle of a situation. So he stands forth in the midst of them and says, Sir, you should have hearkened unto my... <laughs> he said, I told you so. <laughs> I guess that helps me because sometimes I feel like telling people that choose something, when you tell them some other way to go that's more healthy for them, but they choose the wrong way, sometimes... Even though I feel like I'm more spiritually mature at times, you feel like saying, I told you so. Have anyone ever had an I told you so moment? Anybody willing to admit that in this place today? You've had an I told you so moment. And, and that's what Paul is having. He's saying, if you would have listened to me, there wouldn't, we wouldn't be in this situation. So Paul stood forth in the midst of them and says, Sir, you should have hearkened unto me and not have loosed from Crete and to have gained this harm and loss. And now I exhort you to be a good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. In other words, you're not going to lose anybody, but we are going to lose some things, which includes the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God. Everyone say the angel of God. Whose I am. He said, I belong to the God that I belong to and whom I serve. Saying, fear not. Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, who is in Rome. That's a good message right there. In other words, you can't die here. You've got bigger battles to face. You've got more to do in life than where you're at right now. So therefore, your purpose is going to get you out of this problem. Oh, that's really good preaching right there. So what I'm trying to say is Caesar said he's going to go before Caesar. And lo, God has given thee all them that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer. He says, be happy. For I believe God. I believe that God's going to do this, that it shall be even as it was told me. In other words, he's living on it, revelation. If you look in the margin of your Bible, if you have a, a Thompson chain reference, you notice that there's the word enlightenment or revelation, that there's, a, there's something that Paul knows that everyone else doesn't know. And he's living his life according to that revelation. Amen, somebody. I'm going somewhere. Just let me have a long runway here. And so he says, God's going to do this, howbeit we must be cast upon a certain island. In other words, he says, God's going to do all these things. He's promised an angel came to me and told me so. And I believe it because I am property of this God and I serve this God. And he hasn't let me down yet and he's not going to let me down now. Amen, somebody. I can look back and see, Paul says, how he's been faithful and he's been good to me and he's done good for me even in bad situations. And I know it looks bad, but God is going to bring us through this. You're going to come out of this because I'm not living by what I see. I'm living by my revelation of my, what God has told me. And that's why, brothers and sisters, you need a morning devotion. That's why you need time and prayer where you seek the voice of of God because if God gives you a word and if God gives you a dream and if God gives you a message from his word that lives and is farther beyond your day to day then that means that he's going to keep you through whatever you're going through right now because you're not where God has pointed you toward in other words God has put a purpose in your life that's bigger than your present day and you have somewhere that you are headed and you cannot not stop where you are and so you're living a lifestyle not based on your situation right now 
but you're living a lifestyle based upon the revelation of where you're headed. And that is very important that we have that understanding because while he's in the middle of a miracle, he's also in the middle of a mistake. Think about that for just a minute. How many of us have been in the middle of a mistake and not realized that God can make this into a miracle? That in the middle of what we're going through, even if it looks like it's all wrong, God can be doing something all right with it. Amen? I'm so thankful that I know, even if I didn't choose where I'm at, even if it's not what I wanted for my life, even if I haven't got as far as I want at this point in my ministry, my walk with God, or my work career, or anything that's going on in my marriage or my life, I can tell you, even if someone else made a bad decision and I'm in a storm because of what somebody else chose to do guess what it might be their mistake I might be in the middle of a mess but I preach to you today there's a miracle in the middle of my mistakes there's a miracle in the middle of somebody else's mistake and I press the Lord that gives me revelation to live a life that is stronger than my storm. Stronger than my storm. What I've been through does not label me. Where I've been cannot be fixed to my life because it's not where I'm going. It's not where I'm going. God didn't give Paul a reason, God gave Paul a revelation. Because you can't fight the devil with reasoning. And you can't live on faith with reasoning. God will ask you to do stuff that makes absolutely no sense. Financially, he'll have you cut off a really good job to go another direction. And he'll provide for you in ways you never thought possible. Even though you saw that that was good and secure and that was right, that helps. I can pay my insurance. I can pay all this stuff. Look at all the good I've got in this. But he says, no, no, I, I need you to lay that down and put it in a tomb so I can give you a resurrection of great over here. You're walking away from good. I know it's good. I know it's a good life. I know you've been in places where it's been real good. It was a good relationship for a while. It was good. But all of a sudden, things started making no sense, and people started making mistakes, and you're living in a storm, and you're like, I, I don't even know what to do with all of this. And all of a sudden, God says, you're done with that, and you're moving on to something greater. But while you're moving on, I need you to know that there's going to be some loss, but you're not going to lose the most. Most important things and so in the middle of the mess here comes Malta have you ever felt like you were stuck I don't know if we can admit to that in the middle of the in the middle of the church service but I want you to know that there's always reasons people always try to find a reason for what you're going through people always try to find something that will that will put you in a box and label you. And Paul's just sitting there biding time. He's got to go through the famine. He's, the, he's not eating either. He's starving too. He's watching them wrap bands around the boat to try to keep it pulled together. And he knows, <laughs> boat's not going to make it. 
Some of the boats you've been on are not going to make it. But when you realize that you have a revelation from God of where you're going, losing the boat may be difficult, but it's not as hard to lose some things when you know you have a revelation to live on. Amen? You can't, you can't inform some parts of your life with just the reason for it. I know mama told you not to date that guy and he's bad for you and, and you did it anyways and now this, all this trouble comes from it and, and you should have, you should have, could have, would have, could have, should have. All of those things are good reasons but if you stay in the reason, you miss the revelation. If you stay where your mistake happened, if you stay where someone else's mistake happened that put you in that storm, you can, Paul could have stood up all day and said, I told you, you made the mistake, I warned you, you didn't listen to any warnings, the best advice you just couldn't take, thank you Alan S. Morissette, all the things that we know that we should have done, but we just couldn't find it ourselves to do, and now all the mistakes have piled up, all the history and all the things have piled up, and everybody can point a label, stick something to you, say, well, you're just this, you're the sum total of all of your decisions in life, and some of that may be true as far as consequences but I thank God that in this house today there is a place offered in Jesus Christ where you can forever wash away all of your sins and all of your mistakes and all of your troubles and you can start a life anew today you can start all over again because I work in the tech sector I get to hear some things that are not bleeding edge but are more cutting edge and they're just getting out into the world. People are just becoming knowledgeable of them. And there are algorithms right now, computer code algorithms that are written that if employed on a certain computer that has enough processing power, they can pull every single piece of data you have ever entered on a computer. Every single place you've ever gone on the internet. Every single thing you have ever done on digital code, it can scoop it all up and drop it in your lap. And they're saying, psychologists are saying, and others are saying, it's only a matter of time till someone who is evil and of evil intent gets a hold of this algorithm and starts destroying people's lives. Because everything you've done is now forever recorded. And we know this because we're seeing a 33% incline from elementary school to high school of suicides among young people because they can't get away from their internet history. They can't wipe it away. They're getting labeled and attached things to them. You're this and you're that because of what you did. And they have no way of escape. And I'm so grateful that we have a Jesus who steps into our life and says, I can wash it all the way with my blood. I can make you brand new. Today, you don't have to worry about it. You know, I wonder if it's not the end time revival that we're looking for, if we couldn't get a revelation of understanding that this world will not be able to escape their past because everything will be recorded somewhere on a device, but they can walk into the house of God and escape every single thing they've ever done because it can be put under the blood of the lamb of Jesus Christ I wonder if there will be such great storms and there will be so many boats broken up and there will be so many people floating into shore 
that we need a Malta to save them. It's weird, I know, it's a foreign concept that God would use a place that's a harboring from a disaster to harbor souls. But think about it for just a minute. God gave him a revelation as a reason instead of a reason to get him through his situation. And the way that God works is sometimes he'll give you a situation to give you a revelation. Jesus hears that Lazarus is dead. And you know what Jesus says? I am glad. Because up until that time, they knew him as the healer. They knew him as the one who could take away sins and forgive. They knew him as a minister. They knew him as one that could open blind eyes and open deaf ears. But they did not know him as the resurrection and the life. So the situation brought revelation. And the same thing happens to us all week long. Every situation in your life is an opportunity for God to reveal himself as more than what he was to you previously. Oh, that's good preaching. Even if I say so myself, because I enjoy it, and I preached it to the Lord this morning, and so he liked it, and so if you don't like it, then you don't like what Jesus likes. So revelation is, what I'm trying to say is revelation is more powerful than reason. You can't reason your way into the kingdom of heaven. You have to have a revelation of the power of God and the salvation process of God. Amen, somebody. You need to be fully persuaded that the revelation that you have can get you to where God says it's going to take you. So God says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something amazing in your life. But while I'm doing something amazing and showing you something greater in me, I have to bring you a situation to help you to find that revelation. It's not your fault, maybe. Maybe you didn't get there by mistake. Maybe it was somebody else's, but I'm grateful for every situation that comes into my life because I asked the Lord, what are you showing me in this? Where are you going with this, Lord? So I have felt as you have like I've been in a stuck place before. And I just felt that last week I was dealing with a situation at work and I didn't quite know how to handle it. And I, I, I was really grateful for the scripture here that says that even though we go through difficult situations, Paul said, we're going to get through it and there's going to be no harm to you. I trust God that even in the hardest situations, no matter whether it's work or life or relationships, I trust God that regardless of how it hurts now, there will be no harm in, in it in the future. Now, that's hard to sell. I can't possibly preach that well enough because I need you to know that I cannot convince you when it hurts your heart and when it hurts your life and when it hurts your bank account and when things have to change in order for you to get beyond the storm that you're in right now in the place where you're stuck, I can't convince you that that's not going to harm you. But God has promised that whatsoever happens to you, if you surrender it to him, he'll work it all for good. That's his promise. And so because he promised there would be no harm, the Greek word for that is kakos, for harm. It means troublesome, 
injurious or destructive. In other words, God has promised through his word that if we live on revelation like Paul did, if our lifestyle is based upon revelation, in other words, where we're going and not where we are, that God is going to promise that though there may be hurt come to you, there may be a crucifixion for Jesus, there may be a tomb for Lazarus, there may be a place that seems like there's no hope, absolutely no hope, but God has promised if you live on a revelation life, lifestyle and if you live in the word of God and if you live in prayer asking God show me a revelation from my situation God has promised that there will be nothing troublesome stay there will be nothing injurious stay and there will be no destruction that can stay in your life if you live on revelation the devil then can come against you and it can hurt, but God promises no lasting harm. Is that okay today? Are you hearing what I feel the Lord told me to tell you? Huh. And so I'm working with work stuff. And have you ever been through a storm off of someone else's dumb decision? <laughs> Is it all right to say dumb in the house of God? I mean, just a dumb decision, and you're having to deal with it. Not try to figure it out. I mean, you just, you, you can't possibly figure out why it had to happen that way. But you know that God's going to work in it if you trust him with it. Because see, I, didn't, I wasn't called to my job. I was personally called to ministry. So I know where I'm personally headed. My job is a place to provide. And if he chooses to provide someplace else, he'll provide someplace else. But I'm headed towards something bigger. So even whenever it seems like hurt has come in a situation from a dumb mistake of somebody else, I personally know that I can't linger on the reason why they made the mistake. I have to start looking for the revelation in the moment. Amen? And when I look for the revelation in the moment, there's so much bigger picture. There's so much of a bigger picture and an open door to me of revelation. Not only will God show me things that I have never seen in him before, but he'll also show me the grace to give grace to that person that made that mistake. Because I'm not looking at you because I'm in this with you. Hello, husband and wife. We can preach to the husbands and wives here. I'm not just in this because she's got bad credit or he's got bad credit or that situation happened or this situation happened and now I've got to live this out with my wife and try to recover this because they made the mistake or my husband made the mistake. Guess what? I can love you and I can show grace to my wife or my husband while I'm going through it with them because I know that God is going to use it. It's like Joseph. Remember Joseph? He's got this, this dream and his brothers sold him into slavery and Joseph then looking all the way down through history you see him standing up as the right hand man to Potiphar and he said you meant it for evil but God meant it for good and if you surrender everything to Romans 8 28 and say all things work together if you believe that word then you have to also believe that in every situation no matter who made the decision no matter how you got there Paul you might be in the storm but God is meaning it for your good even though somebody else meant it for evil can I talk to you as a pastor for a second? We probably should shut off the recording, but don't. We'll let the world hear it, the world of the internet. A long time ago, I grew up in church. I mean, you know, you know, sold 
stomping, devil chasing, run around the aisles, climb the walls, bite the ceiling. You know, I mean, we had church. We left sweaty and bobby pins were stuck in the wall in the back. You know, it was just like we had dancing and shouting and worshiping and, and playing before the Lord like David, you know, just playing before the Lord, just worshiping. And we had some amazing services. And we get done and we're like, hey, praise the Lord, brother. How you doing? He's like, oh, devil's been chasing me all week. All this stuff has been going on. All these things have been happening. And I'm sitting there as a kid going, well, what happened? Oh, the car broke down and this happened and that happened. And I'm going, I, I think the reason starts with a D, but it's not the devil. It was a decision. You didn't go maintenance the vehicle. You, you didn't change them tires. You know, you didn't do what you needed to do. So that flat tire on the way to church, God can use it. Don't get me wrong. He could have used it to keep you from that accident a few lights down. But I'm just saying, we blame a lot of stuff on the devil. Amen. Have I told the joke before that the devil's sitting outside the church? Yeah, I've told that one. I'm going to tell it again. Devil's sitting outside the church. Everybody's inside worshiping. And, and someone walks up and he says, what's wrong? Why, why are you crying? And the devil's sitting there like... <laughs> they're in there blaming me for everything you can think of and I didn't do it sometimes it's not the matter of the devil doing it it's a matter of bad decisions we just made bad decisions but thank God we have grace on our bad decisions amen and so we're walking out sometimes things that we have made bad decisions on and that's what God was saying when he's talking to Paul he's like don't worry about the decisions Seth, can you, or someone, Jesse, can you bring me my phone? I've got some of my sermon on my phone. I apologize. You, you can't live life based upon the fact there's a bad decision made. So what I do, here's what I do. This is me talking to you just straight like I wanted to. I stop worrying about whether it came from the devil or God. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Bless you. I stop worrying about it because whether it came from my enemy Everything is sent from somewhere. Don't get me wrong. Everything is sent from somewhere. Whether you chose it, whether it's attack of the enemy, or whether it's the use of God's hand to help you through a situation that's, gives you, that's given you revelation. It's sent from somewhere because the spiritual world affects the natural world, not the natural world affect the spiritual world. Amen? So that's one thing I started to notice. And then as I grew up, I realized maybe I don't need to know who it came from, Carla. I just need to know that it passed through my God's hands before it got to me. I don't care if the devil sent it. I don't care if it was a dumb decision by somebody. I don't care if my wife made the mistake and now I'm in it or my husband made the mistake. You know, if I'm a wife, of course, my husband made the mistake and now I'm in it. I don't care how it got to me. All I want you to know today is this. I personally believe that God had to put his stamp of approval on it before it ever got to me. So if it seems like it hurts right now, it's okay, no harm's coming. If it seems like it's bad right now, it's okay, there's blessing coming. Because God promised if I am faithful that he will provide great blessing to those that overcome. You sang about it today, amen? And I'm going to overcome by the blood of the lamb. In the word of my testimony. So it's not a matter of whether or not there's going to be trials and difficulties come. It's a matter of how deep is your revelation of God? 
how strong do you know him? Because if you know him, one of the greatest passages of Revelation in the scripture is the passage where Jesus asks his disciples, who do men say that I am? And then they're like, well, they say you're this and that. He says, hold on, but I wanna know who do you say that I am? The greatest question you can answer in your Christian walk is who is Jesus to you? Who is Jesus to you? Because that revelation will help you live your life out. Have you ever been a place where you go after church and maybe you dressed up for church and you go out to eat afterwards and you walk in and everybody's in shorts and flip-flops and have you ever done that? And they all stop and look at you? Because you're not dressed for where you are. You're dressed for where you're going, amen? So some people don't have a deep enough walk with God because they're so busy. They don't spend time in the word to get deeper revelation. And you can only survive storms if you have roots of revelation, amen? You can only get beyond where you are if you know where you're going. And so, and you only get there if you know that this God who you serve is good for you and he's the one that is going to help you get through it. And so I, I see Paul encouraged. I see him smiling and he goes, hey, I got a message. An angel came to me and told me the God that I serve. And if you don't know him, I just want you to know my life belongs to him. So if he chooses to take my life, it's going to be good for me. It's going to be good for my further generations. There's going to be blessings come from it somehow. But this God who I serve and who I belong to has promised to get me out of this. So he had to have a revelation of who God was to him. Amen. Does anybody know him as the wave walker? Anybody know him as the storm calmer? The peace speaker? These are some of the revelations of what God is to me. Jesus is the feeder of the multitude, the interrupter of funeral processions. This is my Jesus. How about you? Jesus is the feeder of the multitude, and he also raises, he raises the dead, and he can forgive sins. Jesus healed the deaf, the dumb, the blind, the withered, the diseased, the crippled, and the anemic. This is the God who I'm grateful to live in revelation with. And I'm thankful for a God who can cast out demons, amen? Who can remove the stones of her accuser, amen? Who can heal the hopeless heart and who can be the one who separates children from their abuser. He's the creator of all things, amen? He's the alpha and the omega, which means he gets the first and last word. I'm thankful for that. He's the beginning and the end. He's the first and the last. You've heard me say it. He's the way maker because he is the way. I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful I know he's the Hosanna and the manna. I'm grateful I know he's my daily bread. Not my weekly bread, not my monthly bread. He's my daily bread. The reason for that is because I need to walk in revelation of relationship. I need him every day to feed my spirit. If you're going to live for God, if you're going to be strong enough to live for God in this present day, you're going to need to have a daily bread relationship with your Lord Jesus Christ. Amen, somebody. He's my Hosanna and he's my manna. He holds me and he molds me. He's my revelation and he's my creator and he can do great things. He's the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace, savior, redeemer, forgiver, keeper and Lord that's what he is to me 
But some things have to die before you know he's the resurrection. Thomas didn't know him as my savior or my Lord and my God till after he watched all hope die on the cross. And then when he saw him, he said, touch my side, experience me, see who I am, come closer to me in order to do so. If we draw closer to the Lord, we will find revelations beyond the places where we thought things died that he wants to do greater things with. So what happens? I'm wrapping down, I promise. Is this okay today? I'm so glad I know him as the resurrection and the life. I, I may not look like I'm supposed to be where I am, but I'm dressed for where I'm going. I don't care if everyone stops in the restaurant and looks at my family all dressed up coming from church. I'm teaching my kids that the house of the Lord is a place to be planted. I'm teaching them that you need a revelation from God. You need a daily word from God. You need to seek out the Lord whom you serve. You don't become a Christian by coming to church any more than you become a car by walking into a garage. You don't become a Christian any more than you become an author by getting an author's pen. You must have a daily walk with God. Amen. So Paul, adding injury to insult, he washes up on this shore. We're almost done. And these barbarians, they say, because he called them that because he didn't know the language. They were foreign to him. He called them barbarians. There was other reasons, but some scholars say it was just because he didn't understand them. And he sees them being kind. They're gathering wood and they're building a fire for them because it's cold. Have you ever washed up on a cold and a rainy place? I started with that. And you got to a point where you thought you were at the very bottom. Have you ever been there? You're at the very bottom. And you're like, well, I might as well do something. So Paul, being the man that he was, decides he's going to help out. So he goes, and in order to encourage the fire, he picks up some wood. And in the wood is a viper. And the viper latches out and latches onto him. And he's standing there holding a snake. So it was long enough he was bit amen it was long enough for them all to see it I imagine he's just like really I survived the ship I survived the dumb mistakes of others I survived washing up on a foreign place <laughs> and now I get bit with a viper really entry to insult have you ever been there where you've you thought you finally got through all of the trouble and then something else hits you it's like one more thing really lord where are you at i mean i'm grateful for the revelation and i'm grateful for all the help and i'm grateful you told me that i was coming out of this but now i'm out and so all of a sudden things are still getting worse where are you at lord where is this revelation that's supposed to bring me out and he's holding this viper stuck in a place he's not supposed to be Malta just means refuge that's all it means it means refuge so Paul is watching the people 
They get eyes the size of hubcaps. <laughs> and they're like, he must be a murderer, truly. He must be someone that needs to die. And Paul goes over and he says, no, this is not where I'm supposed to be. This is not my end. If you live on revelation, if you are dressed for someplace else, if you have purpose for tomorrow, no matter how bad it gets today, you know, I'm not staying here. I'm going there. And so he said, this is not my end. With the snake hanging off his hand, and he walked over and he said, this is where this belongs because I'm going to continue on. And they watched him, and he didn't turn into a walker. He didn't turn into, he didn't die. He didn't swell up. He didn't become a zombie. He just simply moved on. He said, that's not important enough for me to deal with personally. I'm going to let the fire of the Holy Ghost deal with it. Have you ever had a situation where you spent time in prayer with God and the Holy Ghost told you, don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. I'm a just judge. I'll handle it for you. Some of the fight you're fighting is not your fight. Give it to the Lord. And so he shakes it off in the fire. And guess what happens? They watch him. And once they realize, just like people, once they realize he's not dying, he goes from murderer to being a god. Just like people, they'll label you this. And when you decide that I'm going to live a revelation lifestyle, I'm going to live for where I'm going, where God tells me I'm going to be. If you live it long enough, you don't have to convince them. You don't have to make them believe you. All you have to do is just keep walking with your God. And sooner or later, you're going to walk right out of their label. You're going to walk right out of where you've been. You're going to walk right out of the place. Oh, you know where you came from. You know who you are. You no, 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 that's not where I came from. Where I came from is I have a new birth in my life. And now because I'm born again, I have a new destination. And I'm walking away from your label. Go ahead and try to stick it if you want to. But it's not going to stay. I don't have time to deal with the harm because I have a destination. Because I'm in harmony with the revelation of God in my life. And so he shakes it off. They watch, they're like, he must be a God. And it fames all throughout the land of Malta, all throughout the land. And Publius hears about it. And he invites Paul to his house. And while they're sitting there, maybe just my imagination, but maybe they're having dinner, all of a sudden he finds out there's another person in the room or in the house. And back in the room, maybe even they brought him out for a meal, he realizes that Publius's dad is not well. Something is very wrong. And the scripture says in Acts 28 and 8, I believe in 9, you can read it later, that Paul laid his hand on him and God healed him. I believe it was the same hand that the viper bit. He laid his hand on him and he healed. He's, maybe, Paul got, maybe Paul got a smile on his face. I just mixed Paul and smile together. Did you like that? Maybe Paul got a smile on his face and said, now I know why the boat broke up. Now I know why this had to happen. You see, Paul didn't need Malta as much as Malta needed Paul. Some of the situations you're going to go through in life, 
you didn't need the situation as much as somebody needed you in that situation. Paul said, you have no idea, but what used to be my pain is now going to be the power of God working in my life and in my situation. And guess what? In all of your lives, in all of your situations. And from that one healing, Publius' dad, they brought all kinds of people that were ill and needed a cure, the Bible says, needed to be healed. And Paul just began to heal. The greatest place of anointing is where your pain is that you gave God the ability to turn to purpose. Your pain goes to power when you walk in a revelation lifestyle. Amen, somebody. And the final thing I want to tell you is this. There's a couple things you have to do in order for it to be real for you. You have to first be willing to allow it to happen. It's okay. I'm in the storm, but I'm going to allow God to use it. Amen. Everyone say allow it. Please stand with me. I know this is the longest altar call you've ever been in and the longest closing of a sermon I should say you've ever been in, but you have to allow it to happen and know that God's going to do good with it by revelation. Number two, you have to know that he allowed it or that he allowed it and he's going to make good of it. And number two, you have to accept it. You have to accept it. Well, it's not what I wanted, but I'm here and God's got more for me. Amen. And then number three, you have to know that when you accept it, God will make it a place of anointing in your life. The places where I struggle the most are the places where I have the greatest anointing now. The places where I thought I'd never conquer, I just kept on walking a revelation lifestyle. Greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. That was my mantra. I just put some words in me. I'm like, God's got faith in my life for this. I can walk out of this. I can go through. I'm going to make it. No, this is not my end. This is not where this stops. I'm going beyond this. And guess what? Where I allowed God to use it and where I accepted it and said, if this is what God has, then he's going to give me revelation in this situation. All of a sudden, I felt the flush and the moving in of anointing. And I've seen more help than harm ever come from those moments. I don't know where you are today. I don't know if your boat broke up. I don't know if you were hoping for more out of Malta. I don't know if you're in a stuck place right now. You're on Malta. Maybe you are. But I want you to know that wherever you are, God has a plan.